0: Today on the topic show, Trump is 43.1 points ahead of DeSantis in the poll averages, Arkansas is the first state to force Chinese state-owned land to be given up, Costco CEO to step down, Twitter X is starting a $1 annual fee for posting, Jewish community launches a Starbucks boycott after the company's union praised Hamas on Twitter, Sweetgreen CEO is pushing for 100% kitchen automation, Amazon is rolling out AI warehouses, and Netflix is raising prices again. Their premium minimum is now $22.99 per month. All that much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me. See, so that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to four thousand subscribers by the end of October. So, if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Costco CEO to step down January first, two thousand twenty-four, and it looks like he will be replaced by Rich Vardis, who is the current Costco chief operating officer. Now. It also comes a little bit of a mystery because the company overall has been doing quite well. I mean, just last week we were talking about how people were running to their stores because they were selling gold, which many people would say is infinitely more stable and reliable and trustworthy than the U.S. dollar, which the U.S. dollar is fiat currency. Basically, monopoly money with slightly better graphics or designs, arguably. I kind of feel like the art has gone down over the years, but nevertheless... When it comes to the Costco CEO stepping down, it looks like the shares of the company stock have shot up 26% this year. So they're beating pretty much every company in the S&P 500 and most other publicly traded companies. And they did note that their Costco revenue is down nearly 4.5% in the US, although traffic rose 5% on a year to year basis. And they did benefit greatly from the pandemic shutdowns where a lot of people were starting to see how can we save some money while well, you buy things in bulk, you go to Costco, get their membership and get a great value on the price per unit of the goods that you're purchasing. So that helped fuel the growth for Costco. And I know a lot of, anecdotally speaking, I know a lot of my friends who got Costco memberships because of the economy, they're trying to save money, pinch their pennies or stretch their dollars as far as you want, whatever you prefer. And interestingly enough, it looks like the gentleman who's replacing him, Mr. Varchus, he actually began his career as Costco at a forklift driver, which yet again goes against the theory that people keep whining and complaining that you can't move up in the corporate world or the American dream is dead. No, it's not. You just have to work like hell. This is one of the best embodiments of the American dream. Starting off as a forklift driver and worked his way up for the company for 40 years. Now he's a CEO. Well, starting in January 1st, 2024. But nevertheless, right around the corner. Now, it looks like Jilinik has been at the helm of the Warehouse Club since January 2012. And the retiring CEO will remain at Costco through an advisory role. And he also plans to remain on the board of directors. So, interestingly enough, it doesn't sound like it was anything in terms of... One of the issues a lot of people say in corporate America is they make a mistake and they have the cliché thing that they want to go spend time with their family. So... I'm not seeing that in this article by CNBC, so I assume he's not, he hasn't made anything too detrimental in regards to mistakes. And the fact that he's going to stay on the board of directors, I think perhaps it just sounds like he wants to deal a little bit less of a workload, maybe. He just wants to move more to an advisory position where CEO is much more active. So it'll be interesting to see what this does long-term for the stock. And as the U.S. continues to have 40-year hyperinflation, you got record unemployment going up. Well, it's not a record yet, but Right around the corner, I suspect every other article we have or we share is about layoffs for every company from Microsoft to giants, to mom and pop shops and manufacturing. So it'll be interesting to see as people are trying to make their dollar stretch go a little bit further, will this help fuel Costco's continued growth? It'll be interesting seeing, but as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have Sweetgreen's CEO with the goal of a 100% kitchen automation. Wow. Who would have thought? I mean, remember, we, we were told that if we increased the minimum wage to $15 an hour, $20 an hour, $23 an hour, that it would definitely not destroy jobs. I mean, the companies would just absorb the costs. That's what we were told. Of course, that was being told by morons who don't have a modicum of business intelligence, yet alone more than 18 collective brain cells between the few of them. Now, it looks like the CEO of this restaurant, Jonathan Newman, says he is, quote, 100% in on automation, and the future restaurants will be modeled after their robot-centered quote infinite kitchen concept which incidentally enough they opened outside the city of Chicago because of course you wouldn't open up any business inside Chicago for a myriad of reasons including you know health, safety, sanity. Let's just say the city of Chicago they'll be good next year. They'll be safe next year. Just like the sports ball team, the Bears. They'll be good next year. (laughs) Haha that's a joke because yeah that's not going to happen. Now Interestingly enough, it looks like a lot of the skeptical insiders are saying that it's going to be expensive, it's going to be tough to replicate and tough to scale. But I'm not so sure about that. If you look at restaurant technology, it's one of the first things that really put McDonald's on the map was their speedy system, which is perfectly encapsulated in one of my favorite movies called The Founder, which was featured Michael Keaton as the main protagonist or antagonist, depending on your view of the film. And the book is a lot better, actually. Where it was actually written by Ray Kroc which that one is called Grinding It Out. Can't recommend that book enough. But one of the things that made McDonald's revolutionary at the time was the technology. It was the layout of the restaurants. It was using tools that actually custom designed in-house for dispensing of multiple ketchup and mustard. It was a fascinating, revolutionary idea. And in this case, this very well might be the next big thing. And he is directly correlating with other restaurants. He's saying he wants to compete against the bigger companies such as Chipotle. And you're going to need some interesting technology in order to do that. And of course, we're seeing the price of wages increase exponentially. So there are a myriad of reasons why this will be advantageous. And with the cost, with economies of scale, if you buy in bulk and get the price per unit down for a lot of these machines lower and lower and lower, it could very well be revolutionary. And interestingly enough, about half the comments when I read this on LinkedIn, were people saying how they like to see a human when they get their salad or they appreciate the action. Do you get me wrong that's still a fair amount of the market in terms of the consumers who demand it but I would say in terms of the future outlook kind of depends on the restaurant if you go to a five-star restaurant and you're getting a steak that costs more than my car or, you know my month's rent you probably want maybe you do want that human interaction and because it's a premium product the business can afford to charge a premium price and include more f- features such as human interaction and as well as food that isn't made with a conglomerate of chemicals it can't pronounce. Now, in terms of entry level or more price conscientious businesses like fast food or whatever the new phrase is, convenient food, however you want to frame it, lower price point, fast delivery food systems, the price of labor is getting out of control. In addition to the cost of the ingredients, that's also going up. So it will be interesting to see, let me know, would you have an issue with a robot making your salad at Sweet Greens? But would that just idea be too repugnant for you? You just couldn't handle a robot making a salad. Keep in mind, machines make less mistakes than humans. I can't help but think of Burger King, which is best known for messing up every meal since 1991. I say that because I can't help but think every time I went there as a child, inevitably they would put cheese on a hamburger, even though you say hamburger, Or if you say hamburger with onions, then they'll add 12 other ingredients you didn't ask for. Or they just give you no ingredients, just I'm actually surprised no one just actually got a sandwich without the ham. It was just cheese in the sandwich. Nevertheless, the human error is real and there's a lot of upside of robotics. They'll be interested to see what's the adoption rate in terms of will consumers just revolt and just won't even entertain the idea of going there or because of the price, the feature, the convenience, will that increase your customer set? Let me know in the comments, would you be open to the idea of having more robotics in faster, convenient food segments or. Do you really value that human action? And if you do value that human interaction, how much more are you willing to pay for it? Because that's going to be a pretty penny. Although, perhaps that metaphor is a little outdated since pennies used to be made out of copper and used to be actually valuable. Now they're 99.99% zinc, which is basically useless. So, the metaphor is perhaps lost in a modern era. Kind of like my two cents for my opinion. Used to be two cents, but because again, pennies are basically useless and 40-year hyperinflation, My opinion today is uh, just 3 cents. Though it's still free to click the subscribe button. Other interesting business news, you have Amazon rolling out AI warehouse technologies. Now, it looks like beginning this week, they're going to be rolling out with a fulfillment center in Houston and rolling out over the next three to five years. They dubbed the system Sequoia, which they say can identify and store inventory up to 75% faster. And cut fulfillment time by 25% keep in mind Amazon is also starting to test out humanoid robots which I don't know what kind of dystopian uh future we're going into but oddly reminiscent of the Terminator film and also becoming more and more real Tesla is doing the same thing where they're testing out these humanoid robots which would be infinitely more efficient to manufacture vehicles in long term until they revolt or get a virus but nevertheless dystopian future with notwithstanding these are some revolutionary technologies it's also going to give amazon a huge competitive advantage over the huge advantages they already have can't help but notice when's the last time you heard about e-commerce com- competing with amazon the amount of money you would need i think the last one we saw was jet jet.com and again i'm no doctor but if you click the subscribe button it may fix my stutter no clinical studies haven't performed yet however it could be the cure why not find out together now In terms of Jet.com, that was a very successful startup. They built out a huge customer base. They had some revolutionary ideas. They had some really, really unique ideas in terms of you had to add certain items to get the free shipping. And it's so good, I forgot in terms of the marketing, I guess, wasn't that great after all. But subsequently, they sold out for billions to Walmart.com. And that helped bolster their e-commerce platform, which to this date in the United States is basically the only pseudo competitor to Amazon. And of course, it still doesn't rival yet in revenue or profits yet. So it'll be interesting to see, with these new warehouse AI technologies, and of course they're saying the article was not created or meant to display workers, it'll be interesting to see, at the end of the day, do we just have workers to repair the robots? Or to repair the robots that repair the robots? Now in all seriousness, or half seriousness, it'll be interesting to see how much faster this allows people to get their products, as many millions of Americans actually pay for Amazon Prime so they can get their products in New York minute or perhaps even less, if you just live next door to the warehouse, which some might say would be the ultimate convenience. Now I'm, I am not to brag, but I am part of the one percent of Americans who do not have Amazon Prime because I mean, everything you buy there is mostly frivolous. You really don't need it. So if it takes a couple extra days for my book to arrive. That's okay, I can live with that. Also, it's a mystery. It might come early, it might come late. It's a free version of gambling, some might say. That'll be interesting. Let me know in the comments, do you think this will, do you think the savings will be passed on to the consumer in terms of will your prime go down? highly I would say not probably just because of the overwhelming cost of it. they do put more and more features in it every year nothing you need but it'll be interesting to see how much more easy how much easier this makes it for the warehouse of workers it'll be interesting let me know how I think things will go time shall tell now going over to the culture part of the podcast you have twitter x testing a one dollar annual fee now it's one of those instances where a lot of websites are saying it's gonna be for everyone. Very similar to the Netflix passwords, I suspect, or the lack of password sharing and the lockdowns, I think it will be eventually. Right now it's being specifically tested in only a certain markets. Now, it looks like, in terms of the specific markets around the globe, they're currently rolling out in New Zealand and the Philippines. Which I think New Zealand is mostly known for the place you don't visit because you could be destroyed. By Saruman and the Lord of the Rings cuz that's where the Shire is and the 13 people who remember that or understand that reference from Star Trek I know you'll appreciate it I'm kidding I, I know it's Lord of the Rings but nevertheless right now they're doing it $1 per year so again $1 per year pretty much everyone could afford that at this point again a dollar is thanks to the US government the inflation is ridiculous it's, I, was, I don't wanna say it's worthless, but there are very few things of value you can get these days for a dollar. Even the dollar store, if you go to the dollar store, it costs a dollar, one dollar, eight and eight, oh, if they round up, a dollar and nine cents because the sales tax they disgustingly put on top of it. Oh, well, they have to, but nevertheless, they claim that this is gonna be quote, and it's from Elon, the program is quote, not a profit driver, and he maintains the fee is, quote, the only way to fight robots without blocking real users, unquote. Which, again, I think he's right. If you look at the, I was going to say the fools who buy bots for media, social media, it's akin to taking steroids, I would say, because it helps you out very temporarily. But, of course, they're not real, so they don't come back for additional views. So, much, there's not much value there unless you want to be bombastic and yell at your friends, hey, I got a couple of thousand or a couple million views for this one video. Well, la-di-da, good for you. Really doesn't help long-term growth and development. There are less there are some millions of people actually who create, develop, and sell buy. There's a huge community around these bots, and the only reason it makes sense now is because the cost per unit is so so low. Now, if it all of a sudden the model flips, instead of being free in, ter- in terms of creating a Twitter account, now it's one dollar per user that industry goes away overnight. Because unless you're a billionaire, I can't imagine someone willing willing to spend a dollar per bot. And again, even if you wanted to spend that, which economically you're not gonna get the ROI back from that, but in terms of the engagements, I don't see how it's feasible. Also, depending on what kind of methodologies they use to secure payment, they could tell if it's coming from the same account. So that's another logistics loophole or logistics hoop you'd have to jump through in terms of finding out if you, again, if you want to make bots for a dollar a piece, then you have to sell them for more than a dollar a piece. That's your cost. And you have to have the cost of development, it costs us, the cost just explodes the model overnight. And it explodes, I mean, you know, actually breaks it into nothing. Not as a youth might say, this is rad, cool, or it explodes. I need to reference Urban Dictionary a little bit more, perhaps in prep for these videos. Some words mean vastly different things, unfortunately, but nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see now Critics are pointing out that they're going to pay not the fees, they're going to set up an account, but that's going to be the big detriment of how many people are willing to pay a dollar per year. Because there's a lot of things in life where free freemium is a huge thing. Look at the app sh- app store on phones. It's one of those instances where mo- overwhelming majority of apps on phones are free. Because they know people are, well, I would say cheap and lazy, but cheap and lazy. And convenience is key. As soon as you have to take the effort, and I know, If you have a modicum of health or you have a modicum of energy in your life, entering a credit card number, as you know, takes no effort. But for the average person, that could be a burden akin to taking a walk outside. Completely unfathomable for some people. And that is a burden. It's an extra step in the system or extra step to get on the platform. So if all of a sudden they have to start paying for that, what would the adoption rate be? Or what would the drop-off rate be of people who don't do it and they just get kicked off the platform? What happens to all the people who are on Twitter right now, but they don't pay that. And it looks like maybe they'll just live in an awkward limbo, because they're saying this dollar, it'll allow you to be on the platform, it'll allow you to post as well as reply. So I guess it would be akin to becoming a search engine. So you can go on the platform and you can view, but you couldn't reply to things and you couldn't post anything, which in terms of revenue, it'll be interesting to see how much this affects the company. It certainly isn't gonna help the company become profitable. That's the whole topic in and of itself. But let me know in the comments do you think this will decrease the number of total users on the platform and then will it stop the sea of bots that just ruin every experience can account can't help but reminisce or think of bud light where it seems like a majority of the responses are either bots or people who set up a software to just post for them for the sweepstakes where you could win a case of bud light which subsequently is a great example of how you can be a winner and a loser in real life it's a fascinating phenomenon usually you don't have Great real-life examples of that metaphor, but lo and behold, that is a very articulate real one. So if you're interested let me know. I'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce calls for a Starbucks boycott after the Starbucks Union tweets support for Hamas. Yep, I don't want to say I called it, but... Well, actually, no, wait, I do kind of say it, like, I'm always wild, I do prefer saying that. So, yes, I did call this, because another great akin, another great thing about unions is they represent your company without really being the company. So, Starbucks is a huge union, which, again, another reason if you are anti-union, or if you, you know, another reason not to shop at Starbucks, if that's your, I was going to say, it kind of is a, I say a political ideology, but... I can't help but reminisce when I think of Starbucks, I think of the, man, oh, I, I would say he's not really a man, he's more of a boy. There's a legal aged man working at Starbucks who broke down and cried because he had to work eight hours and the orders were complicated, which is the most pathetic thing and a great metaphor for the United States right now of how mentally and physically weak we've become throughout the years. My grandpa worked in a aluminum foundry seven days a week without complaining once for years. And now you have the youth complaining because a drink is complicated to make which again is the only reason Starbucks exists is because these complex th- drinks that have more chemicals than i can possibly pronounce but nevertheless these candy bars in a cup are how they stay in business they don't make a lot i would say that they don't make their profit making the simple drip coffee it's about the complex orders where they can charge a premium and that's how the company grows and develops. and that's how they can already pay their employees more than the industry average and give them better health benefits than average but of course it's not enough the union wants more now Recently, the Starbucks union tweeted support for Hamas, which is right now, culturally speaking, the most controversial thing you could possibly do after Hamas attacked the citizens of Israel, as well as I believe some Israeli uh, um, soldiers and literally killed defenseless women and children. And the union praised that organization. Yeah, so now of course, it makes sense. I'm surprised there isn't more people being more vocal about this boycott. Will it gain more traction? That's going to be really where the tires hit the ground, so to say. Now, it looks like specifically the chamber, again, this is the Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce, and they said, quote, This will send a strong message against the normalization of violence and hatred. Please join us in raising awareness about this distressing issue. Share this boycott with Friends, family, and coworkers urging them to reevaluate their choices and consider the implications of supporting Starbucks. Unquote. They continue to say, another quote. Together, let us make a resounding statement against the indifference displayed towards the loss of innocent lives. Unquote. Now, I can actually tell someone in the someone watching did click the subscribe button because I didn't even stutter once throughout that. Quote. Perhaps the cure really is that all along. Time shall tell we'll need more studies now it'll be interesting to see we saw the Bud Light boycott was huge 30% of their sales gone can see I mean Q2 they lost 400 million dollars in the sales compared to the same Q fiscal Q2 last year now that's very dramatic to say the least but again in terms of the overall anheuser and Bev, that's for that one specific brand don't get me wrong they still lost about 28 billion dollars in stock valuation but the other brands of anheuser and Bev, they're usually down between 10 to Five percent in terms of loss of sales. Now, in this particular case, Starbucks is much less diverse in terms of, well, ironically, in many ways. But it's one of those things where Starbucks—they have one brand. It's Starbucks that people know about. That's the big thing. It's a majority of the thing of the company assets. So it's very, very easy to boycott this particular company. Now, in terms of coffee, I'm pretty frugal. I just go to the big box part and buy the biggest bag of whole bean coffee for the lowest price per unit. And it tastes well enough. And I just add a little bit of ice so I can just drink it pretty quick, basically like water. And it tastes okay. Now, in terms of Starbucks, I see their value as being a mobile office if you're between meetings. They used to be very clean. They actually had some environments where you could do get some work done in between meetings. That's the only time I could actually justify paying 6, 12, no, I would not pay 12, five, 4 to $5 for a cup of coffee. And don't get me wrong, it tastes pretty good. But in terms of this boycott, how many people, I mean, it's a huge, I know it's a huge cultural phenomenon. Some people go to Starbucks every single day. I call those people millionaires or people who are not fiduciary uh, or fiscally sensible. It blows my mind. I can't imagine having that much extravagance against in your life where you're paying 5 $10 a day just for coffee. But nevertheless... There's some people who have a huge cultural following for Starbucks, and as a business, they've done great throughout the years. Their loyalty system is on par with nothing. I mean, it's superior to every other brand. They really want you to come back to the store and they give you incentives to do so. Now, let me know in the comments, will this change your spending habits? Would you be willing to shop at a different coffee shop? Now, this is perhaps why it might be a little bit more difficult than Bud Light in terms of a boycott. Bud Light, if you look at the competition, a lot of their sales comes from convenience sales. When I say convenience sales, it's not a restaurant where you sit down or a bar or a ball game or a sports ball stadium. It's a big box mart, grocery store, it's a gas station, places where you purchase the product, consume somewhere else. And in those cases, when you go to the refrigerated section, the competition is right there, mere inches away. So in terms of boycotting Bud Light, that was extremely easy and also beneficial for your taste buds, as many would argue. Now, with Starbucks, they actually have exclusivity contracts with a lot of strip malls. And what that means is they're a very investable company in terms of when they go and they see there's gonna be a new development over here, There's gonna be 12 new stores. Starbucks will actually go up and they'll say, hey, we will pay and we will be the first store. We'll be the anchor store, the one that gets this venture started. We will put down deposit, we'll be your first store. However, with this risk, we're gonna be the first person committed to this new development We wanna make sure we get a good ROI. So part of the commitment is gonna be contingency in the contract that says, you cannot have any other tenants in this area or this development that are coffee stores. That's why if you go to any of these strip malls or any of these just groups of stores, you never see a competitor of Starbucks. It's not a coincidence. It's a brilliant uh, business move and it's very mutually beneficial for both the constructor or the contractor of that, or the contractor and the holding company behind those developments, but also Starbucks. So in terms of boycotting, you might have to go out of your way quite a bit. Heaven forbid, you actually might have to grind up your own beans at home and create it yourself for a fraction of the cost. So let me know in the comments. I think that is the reason why it might not be as successful, fiscally speaking, as a boycott in terms of knocking their sales down 30%. Because again, competition-wise, you do have Dunkin' Donuts. I think that's probably the only big fast place I could think of that's moderately comparable. But in terms of a premium coffee experience that some of these people crave, Let me know in the comments, what do you think is a comparable competitor to Starbucks? And don't get me wrong, it's a luxury item you don't need. So from that perspective, it should be easy to boycott. But if you're someone who wants coffee on the go, and you want it to be a premium blend or a premium nice cup of joe, as some might say, although these days I might call it Joanna, and I I dare not guess what the cup is. But let me know in the comments, where would you go? And do you think this boycott will be As successful as the Bud Light one? Or will it just be a fraction of the same success rate because of the effort mentioned? Let me know in the comments, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Republican primary national polls average, October 19th update. You have Trump 43.1 points ahead of DeSantis, which is ridiculous to say the least. You look at, I believe this poll starts, even if we go to April, I'm trying to see. So January 9th, you know, I think, oh, come on computer. All right, so January 8th, we go down a little bit here. They were pretty close. Now, keep in mind, this is from projects538.com and it's a aggregate, so it's a poll of the polls. So it takes all the polls that have been taking or all the polls that have been recorded about Republican nominee and then it averages them out now january 8 2023 trump is at 45.2 percent and DeSantis is at 34.6 percent so that's pretty close margin that's within spitting distance depending on what you do for a living now at the same time you also had nikki haley at 2.6 percent. mike pence was at 8 percent in january 2023 which also goes to show you how much t- things can really change throughout the year and yes there's still a lot of ramp up period before the election don't get me wrong it was fascinating to see how things are progressing, or not so much. So, y'all, let's go fast forward to April. By April, Trump went up to 49.9%. DeSantis was down to 23.3%. Nikki Haley shot to 4.7%. Vivek Ramaswamy is only starting off at 0.8%. Mike Pence already had dropped down to 5.9%. And Chris Christie, very much like his belt, had been expanding the whole time, He's at zero, he's at 1.4% as of April 1st. That's not a joke, well, I guess the date was. The real joke on April 1st was the Bud Light Business blunder of the Century, where they hired Del Mulvaney to eviscerate 30% of their sales. We will never forget Alyssa Hirschild, the VP of Marketing, who is very proudly on LinkedIn saying she's the first female VP of a Anheuser-Busch InBev. She will never be forgotten, that is very true. Now, then you go to July 1st, you had Trump at 52.7%. DeSantis continued to go down to 19.6%, Nikki Haley goes up to 4%. Vivek was already beat her at the po- time to 4.2%. So he came out of nowhere really within a, sh- a couple of short months. Mike Pence is still about 5.2%. Chris Christie expanded a little bit more and he's at 2.4%. And then you have Scott at 3.4% and Bergam at 0.2%. I don't think that changes too much, but nevertheless, then go all the way to one, all the way to today. And it's astonishing where the Deltas have gotten at. So 51.7%. DeSantis is all the way down to 14%. So DeSantis, the trend is that bad. So he's at 14% now. He was at 34.3%? 0.6% at the very beginning? Again, I think he has some terrible advisors on his team. He needs to clean house again. I don't know who's telling him what to do. But... Again, he has a couple of good moments, a couple of good points, a couple of good speeches. But again, this campaign is just abysmal. And now you do have Vivek and Nikki Haley are kind of going back and forth throughout the past 60 days in terms of who's beating who on these averages. But again, as of today, Nikki Haley is just a little bit ahead of Vivek. She's at 7.3% and he's at 6.4%. And Chris Christie did balloon to 3.3%. So Chris Christie is slowly expanding his market share. Now, I don't think he's really going to go anywhere because again, DeSantis is increasing his attacks or verbal attacks, of course, against Donald Trump, which, again, politically speaking, there are many people in the Republican Party who aren't friends of Trump, aren't fans of Trump. They're probably not his friends either, they're not fans, but they are looking for someone to vote for who is a anti-Trumper. So there are people who will be gravitated towards that, but I almost think that's probably hurting DeSantis, because again, his He's started it's been probably four or six weeks since you've seen DeSantis's whole campaign pivot to attacking more Trump. Whereas before it'd been pretty nice to play with each other, not calling him out. And now it's very much anti-Trump. Not as much as Chris Christie. That's everything Chris Christie actually says is basically anti-Trump. And Again, it's it's slowly working for him. Is it enough to win the nominee? I don't think so. so again, Chris Christie's at 3.3%. Mike Pence is running. No one knows why but he's at four point three percent as of today and i can't help but wonder is the answer going to drop out how much further can they drop down in the polls before it goes down to zero or really more importantly what are donors going to do because you and i are really people forget you and i have more power than we think you vote with your dollar well in this case you actually you pay with your dollar you support with your dollar and one of the biggest only reasons that a lot of these guys are able to fund themselves is with local donations and small donations, as well as super PACs. But the people who write the big checks and the people like you and I, if you want to support someone for Republican nominee for US president election, are you going to give your dollar to Chris Christie when he's pulling at 3.3%? And there's not, it, this has not been proven. There may or, may or may not be some rumors about him using campaign funds to buy Krispy Kremes. That's an allegation, to say the least. There's nothing hard in stone. Or perhaps a better metaphor might be hard in pastry. But would you give, Chris, Chris, could you give Tim Scott a dollar? He's at 1.8%. Nikki Haley's at 7.3%. Vivek is at 6.4%. They're kind of going back and forth. And again, I guess the big linchpin or the big question is, will Trump... Will Trump even be allowed to actually campaign? He's already tied up in court cases where, from political standpoint and Banana Republic standpoint, they have him cornered. He, His time and his money, he's in these courtroom cases. If you're going to him, it's also going to his case defenses. So, there's an issue of him not being able to go out and campaign as much as competition. Because, again, he's tied up. So, and if one of the lawsuits goes through or if he is taken off the ballot... Then this gets a more, lot more interesting. Perhaps then people will increase their donation and supports to DeSantis. But he just keeps going down and down and down. And his campaign fund is not helping him. His, what was it, the DeSantis War Room? It's, I was going to say it's more like the DeSantis Playroom. It's child's play. They If you critique them in any way, they bombastically attack people. Even people who are on the right try, trying to give constructive criticism to Ron DeSantis. They critique them and they lambast their opinions. Which, again, it's ridiculous to say the least. I don't know who is advising him at this point. But needless to say, I would say it is not working out so well. Let me know in the comments. Who do you think will be pulling more in the next 30 days? Again, Trump is at 57.1%. He's at an all-time high right now. Then you have DeSantis at 14%. Nikki Haley at 7.3%. Vivek Rabaswamy at 6.4%, Mike Pence at 4.3%, Chris Christie at 3.3%, Tim Scott at 1.8%, and then Burgum from, he's at 0.9%, which to his credit, he actually did provide education for the American public, well, which we desperately need because public schools are all-time low in terms of all their test scores for math, science, history. They basically don't teach these days. It's many of them. And thanks to him, we all know that North Dakota is still a state because that's where he's from. I've now provided more value than some public schools in the United States, which is saying something. So let me know in the comments, it'd be fascinating to hear. Which one of these do you think will be ahead in the next 60 days? Will Vivek be able to go ahead, ahead of Nick, Nikki Haley? They've, they've been neck and neck for a couple months. What would it take for him to really accelerate and go beyond her and leave in the polls? And then if anything, what would it take for someone to get ahead of DeSantis, or subsequently it's just a waiting game? Because, again, if you do nothing, DeSantis, his score just keeps going down, 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 and down, down. He started in the mid-30s, and now he's down to 14. So, perhaps the best way to win is just to kind of very similar to how Yangling is having record sales while Bud Light is shooting themselves in the foot. Sometimes the best way to win is just to just sit back and let the competition or let your enemy continue to shoot themselves in the foot. it would be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. it be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Arkansas to force Chinese state-owned land to be given up, and they're the first state to do so, which is kind of pathetic. Texas isn't the first state taking the lead. Nevertheless, they have a little speech here in addition to a little text. Now, this tweet that comes thanks to leading report, and they say in the text before the video, they say, quote, breaking Arkansas becomes the first state in the nation to force a Chinese state-owned company to give up its American land, unquote. And needless to say, as a youth might say, this went viral, getting 7.8 million views within 48 hours on the Twitter, or as 18 people call it, X. Now, interestingly enough, if you have a suggestion for Picture-in-Picture, I'd really appreciate it. Still looking for a good recording software, we can actually just have the video there, like right above my shoulder, somewhere up there, ideally. But right now I'm currently using OBS software, and the last two softwares I attempted to use for Picture-in-Picture, subsequently, Didn't work at all. With one of them, the camera won't even turn on ridiculously enough. So if you have suggestions in the comments, please let me know because I do wanna make the show better and better for everyone. Now, without further ado, I will go ahead and play that.
1: I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in Northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to our state. Seeds are technology. Chinese state owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland, stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. This isn't about where you're from. We welcome Chinese Americans, Russian Americans, and anyone else who's given up foreign oppression for American freedom. This is about where your loyalties lie. We simply cannot trust those who pledge allegiance to a hostile foreign power. That's why I signed Act 525, sponsored by Representative McKenzie and Senator Boyd, to ban Chinese and Russian-made drones. And it's why I signed Act 758, sponsored by Representative McElindan and Senator Stubblefield, banning public contracts with the CCP. We will make sure that every company operating in Arkansas is a friend to Arkansas and good to hardworking Arkansans secretary ward has already notified syngenta about this decision if they refuse to sell our attorney general can move forward with legal proceedings and force them to get out of our state arkansas will always protect our farmers and our national security interest
0: so I'm interest- announcing that again i don't know if it's a feature or a bug but the videos always seem to just replay themselves almost immediately after you view them on the Twitter or as again seven people call it or maybe 18 people call it at most the X now it's also one of those fascinating things are Florida tried a similar approach where they tried to ban I believe it was not businesses but also Chinese citizens from buying land in the United States which again in terms of equality you can't buy land in China like if you and I for some reason went over to China you can't buy land there and I believe it's the same for American businesses as well and to have such a vast, overwhelming majority, not majority, or a great amount of land in the United States owned by a foreign entity that is more of a me than anything else, that's quite concerning. I'm actually surprised more states aren't doing something like this. Now, in terms of the comments, and again, 7.8 million people viewed the video, and it looks like 119,000 liked it. So it looks like going to the comic section, you've got all killer, no filler, which, say, B plus for good name. Everyone knows that was a good album back in the day. Now, this person says, quote, U.S. owned assets abroad total more than 31 trillion. When countries return the favor, it will affect our economy negatively by decreasing corporate revenue. Something to think about, unquote. This person did get ni- 519 likes out of 100,000 views, which is a good, interesting point. Now I want to. I'd be fascinating to know how much of that is in China, and how much of that is land versus setting up a factory. I'd be interested to see more of analysis of that breakdown or that statement. Some by the name of Jitender Chandri said, "Quote: War is not the solution to any problem because war gives such wounds that cannot heal throughout life. Therefore, pence can be established, peace can be established in the entire world, and on an international organization and international leaders." Should mediate peace talks between Israel and Palestine. The attack a hospital, but okay, that's 35 likes, but nothing to do with the original post. Nevertheless, I was trying to find trying to find some something that's more relevant to the video. Some by name of Tenden, tendo Nintendo said, "Quote, bro, about time." I was just saying this as a sophomore in high school. A few years later, every chicken on earth stopped laying eggs at the same time doesn't take a genius to see that it was only because of the grain they were eating was targeted for the environment and the only thing in common, unquote. person got seven, not, 473 likes. The Jefferson said, quote, They need to ban BlackRock from buying houses to control the market, unquote. The person got 4,403 likes. Some by name of Bottom figure, Feeder, which A plus for for name because the profile picture is of a fish that is a bomb feeder, though a picture of a politician would have also been appropriate. Person simply said, good job, and got 165 likes. Somebody named Bradley Productions said, quote, God bless Sarah Sanders, unquote, with American flag emoji, got 1,898 likes. Someone, the Texas one actually said, quote, where are you at, hashtag Greg Abbott, Texas? Got 535 likes good point what is he going to do because all these politicians want to look good if they see a colleague of theirs doing something pretty good odds are going to copy paste that idea because of course it'll make them look good costa pariano says quote the rest of the nation needs to follow in their footsteps unquote they got 1818 likes someone by the name of fox said quote total rockstar patriot sarah huckabee got 629 likes some by name of B. Weaver saying, quote, damn Arkansas was the first one to have balls, didn't see that coming, good for them, unquote, getting 61 likes. Some by the name of American Trucker saying, quote, this is how you govern, great job, unquote, getting 316 likes. A lot of people saying, uh, Mr. Mill saying, quote, every state in the country should follow suit, unquote, getting 393 likes. Some by the name of Joshua Walker, another top response, said, quote, There's no reason for any enemy of the state to hold any domestic property. This is leaps and bounds ahead of DeSantis. Kudos, unquote. This person got 1,138 likes. A lot of people, let's do one more top response. Mr. Lozidians said, quote, This should be the rule and not the exception. Bravo, Arkansas, unquote, got 506 likes. So we do have a couple contrarians saying that they do not agree with the action. Some people asking about the implications. But overall, I would say, yeah, I'm an overwhelming majority, i see say 90 plus percent of these responses are all applauding the governor of Arkansas. Then asking, you know, when, are, when is my local state or some of these folks asking when are the other states going to follow suit? So in terms of moves on political chessboard, Sarah Huckabee seems to have made a brilliant political move. Let me know in the comments what kind of implications you think this might have for other politicians trying to copy it and what it might mean for global businesses that have entities and assets all over the planet. That'll be another interesting question to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Netflix, new prices rolling out, Uh, more cost and less features. Lovely. So now it looks like the premium is $22.99 per month which is ridiculous. I can't imagine spending so much for destroying brain cells, but nevertheless, some people enjoy that from time to time. Now they say Netflix basic is gonna cost now $11.99 and premium is the one that's gonna be 20, I guess marketing, they get a little bit of credit because it's 99 cents ending and humans are fascinating. They don't understand that means it's more than $23. Mentally, it's a fascinating phenomenon. People will think it's $22, even though the price is $22.99. And, of course, subsequently, everyone has to pay sales tax unless you're nonprofit. profit So, really, that means it's $23.08, I would say, on average. So, food for thought, so to say. And, of course, the food is not delicious in this case because it's taxes. But, it looks like they announced today users on its $9.99 per month basic plan will not have to pay $11.99. And those paying $19.99 will pay $22.99. And they did note that their $6.99 ad support plan and their $15.49 standard tier will stay at the same price. And this is their first price increase since January of 2022. So, they did wait a little while, but of course, all these companies are dealing with record inflation. And with Netflix, they're dealing with, I was about to say the tragedy, but it's really perhaps a hidden blessing of the Hollywood strikes where the actors are crying that they're not making enough to buy their third Yacht and 18th Bugatti, or more accurately, their 18th hot, 18th Toyota Prius or tesla and they also have to deal with the fact that the industry is going to change dramatically which of course i can't help but think ai and automation is going to revolutionize entertainment especially in hollywood when most of the writers who i would argue i don't know how creative they are if you're a writer and you make a fast and furious film i'm pretty sure my nephew can do better than you that's not saying much but nevertheless someone in elementary school could be have more of a and more of an intelligent conversation and have more cerebral thought put into a script. Very similar to Disney films, Universal Studios of the Fast and Furious, the films are nowadays just a, a parody of themselves. They're a copy of copy of copy of copy. And for a little fact or a little film experience, every time you make a copy of copy, the image degrades over time so it gets worse and worse. A beautiful and accurate metaphor for most Hollywood production these days. Now it'll be interesting to see at what point they keep raising the price and they keep cutting content too. At what price point do people just say eh, I've had enough I'm just gonna go back and uh, dust off the old pirate, pirate bay as the youth might say oh well, maybe that's a boomer nowadays depending on who was using that last time but nevertheless at what price point do people just say I'm not getting any value out of this anymore you're limiting how many users can actually be on one single profile you're decreasing the amount of content you have you're not renewing the licenses that you used to have for some of the big names that used to pay to have it on the platform so And there's also more and more competition every single day from a mirror out of studios. So let me know in the comments, what price point would it take for you to get rid of Netflix off, just, just cancel it? Is it $25, $26, $30 a month? This is one of the few things in life, but a good guarantee in addition to death and taxes is more often than not, the cost of goods and the price of goods go up over time, especially when you have things like Netflix. So it'll be interesting to see, but thankfully, I read a lot of books, so this doesn't affect me very much at all. Actually, at all. Nevertheless, it be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. i trying to get again to 4,000 subscribers by the end of October, so you can click that button. And I greatly appreciate it. Also, don't t- t- forget to take the time to comment. Your feedback is greatly appreciated as so you want to make the show better and better and better. Also, liking the video is a great way to show support and show that you appreciate the, co- the content. And if you think it should be bet- worse, or you think or you probably don't want it to be worse, or nevertheless if you think it could be improved give it a down vote let me know in the comments what I could do better next time also and lastly don't forget to take time to tell your family tell your coworkers, tell your enemies tell anyone and everyone just stay safe fight the good fight